Slick Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. What in the world is going on in Israel? Have you seen the video? Have you, I mean, the, even on Twitter, just tons of cell phone di- videos. It seems chaotic and crazy. Rockets fired. The, uh, the mosque on the Temple Mount is being invaded. I, I just, there's so much going on. It's hard to make out fact from fiction. What is the deal here? So we're going to sort some of this out today. We've invited uh, Steve Ray on. Now, you may or may not know Steve Ray, uh, but he is a longtime Catholic evangelist, convert to the church, filmmaker, author, speaker, and pilgrimage guide. He's been to the Holy Land, I, I'm, I'll ask him, but my guess, at least 100 times. And he has great contacts over there. So he's made some phone calls for us. He's going to be on in the What's Concerning Us section to help us sort out what is the deal in Jerusalem. We're going to be talking about that today. And then Stephen Cox is going to be on our program. He is the content manager for LifeSite News. You know, they got banned off of Facebook uh, recently. And there's uh, an article out that we wanted to talk about. Pro-abortion, pro-LGBT orgs take credit for Facebook permanently banning LifeSite News. What's up with that? And then, of course, there's the pastor in Canada who got arrested, and and there's just several stories there we're going to dive into with Steve Cox on the program today. So it's going to be a full lineup, a great show today, plus the game show in the second hour, and uh, we're very excited about our sponsor this week, The Little Way. But praise be to God. Good morning to you, Emily Alcarez. Good morning. Yeah, lots to talk about today, especially like it seems like tensions are just rising across the board in Canada, in Israel, in Germany, everywhere. Things are really getting serious. (laughs) They're just starting to get serious. It's uh, it is very intense feeling these days, isn't it? Uh, Praise be. Speaking of intense feelings, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. You know, today is uh, National Twilight Zone Day. Well, what's Twilight Zone is my microphone now wanting to pay to behave. And you're in black and white. Why is that? Yes, uh, for the radio, people listening on the radio, on our live stream, I'm black and white because uh, we are, uh, <laughs> today is National Twilight Zone Day. And I went to go look up why today is a National Twilight Zone Day. Yeah. And nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> nobody knows. They're like, it's, it's, like, it's like de- entering the Twilight Zone. Because who declared <laughs> National Twilight Zone? Day? Nobody knows. They nobody just celebrate knows. it on May 11th every year, and nobody knows why. Okay. It has no relevance to any episode in Twilight Zone, nor the starting date or ending mm-hmm. date or yeah. any of the birthdays of the directors and writers. Okay. Nothing. Hmm. They had nothing. It they have no idea. Favorite, it seems appropriate. Favorite Twilight Zone episode? Uh, I shot an arrow in the sky. That's probably my favorite. Whenever he they he thought he went to Mars, but ended up crashing in the desert and thought he was on another planet. And uh, and they they, they I don't want to spoil it. If Wasn't you've never seen it, planet it's really of the good. Apes. I, it seems to be no, mm. no. That's a little different. It's a little mm. different. This one had no talking monkeys. No, so a little different, <laughs> as opposed to the other one. Okay, my favorite one was William Shatner on the airplane seeing the monster on the wing. Oh that was yeah, creepy. that was creepy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, mine was the Hitchhiker. I love that one. Oh, that is good too. <laughs> oh, that freaked me out too. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, welcome to what you Twilight say, Zone. National Twilight Zone Day. 
That's awkward. Uh, we're going to jump into our show. We're going to have a lot to conversate about today. Steve Ray, Jerusalem Jones, as we used to call him, is going to be on in a little bit to talk about Jerusalem, the riots there, the rockets there, the crazy there. And then, as I said, Stephen Cox, content manager at LifeSite News, is going to be on to cover some of the stories over on LifeSite News, what's going on there as well. So a ton of uh, great content headed your way this hour. Hopefully and prayerfully, you'll join us for all or part of that. But let's pray for your intentions, whatever's on your heart, your mind, whatever your needs are. We're going to ask Our Lady to intercede for you and for your needs, for the conversion of sinners everywhere, and for peace in our world. Amen. And uh, let's pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the headlines with Emily Alcrez. The Bishop of Colorado Springs called Catholics to prayer on Monday after a shooter killed seven people, including himself, at a local mobile home community on Sunday. Bishop Michael Sheridan of Colorado Springs said, quote, I join the people of Colorado Springs and the nation in mourning the tragic deaths of six family members and a gunman on Sunday. We've seen far too many of these horrific acts in recent decades, and only the love of Christ will overcome the crushing despair that is a common symptom of the culture of death. The shooting occurred shortly after midnight on Sunday morning. The Colorado Springs Police Department said in a statement that officers arrived on the scene at Canterbury Mobile Home Park and discovered six adults shot dead with another mortally wounded. The injured man was taken to the hospital and later died from his injuries. The department said it believed the shooting occurred at a birthday party and that friends, family, and children were gathered inside a home to celebrate. While Saad, a former monk of the Coptic Orthodox Church, was executed on Sunday for the 2018 murder of Bishop Epiphanius, the abbot of St. Macarius Monastery. Raymond Razmi Mansour, another monk who assisted in the crime, has been sentenced to life imprisonment. Mansour had also been sentenced to death, excuse me, but his sentence was reduced after winning an appeal. Bishop Epiphanius' body was found in 2018 with injuries to his head and back. Saad, who was charged with the bishop's murder and confessed to the murder the following day, said that Mansour assisted in the crime. Mansour attempted suicide in August of 2018. Both Saad and Mansour were conservative monks who had disagreed with the bishop's ecumenical stances. The bishop's murder highlighted tension in the Coptic Orthodox Church over monasticism, ecumenism, and reform, and led to the Coptic Orthodox Patriarchate issuing several decrees on monasticism. The Coptic Orthodox Church is an Oriental Orthodox Church, meaning it rejected the 451 Council of Chalcedon, and its followers had historically been considered monophysites, those who believe Christ had only one nature, by Catholics and the Eastern Orthodox. And priests and pastoral workers in Germany defied the Vatican on Monday by conducting blessing ceremonies attended by same-sex couples. Organizers held a day of protest on May 10th in response to the Vatican's recent declaration that the church does not have the power to bless same-sex unions. The ceremonies, known as Blessing Services for Lovers, were promoted using the hashtag LoveWins. 
Organizers said that the services were open to all couples, in particular those of the same sex. Ceremonies took place in around 80 cities in Germany, as well as in Zurich, Switzerland's largest city. In many places, a general blessing was given at the end of church services, which, however, explicitly included homosexual couples and their relationships. Sometimes individual blessings were offered, offered after the ceremony. The order of service varied from place to place. One participant said that the ceremony was like a political event led by a female pastoral counselor in liturgical robes who explained that she had already quit her church service. After some political statements, the gospel was read aloud, followed by a speech, and finally, the song Imagine by John Lennon was played. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. St. Matteo Livangam, pray for us. St. Matteo was born in 1813. In Vietnam, he was the eldest son in a pious Christian family. Matthew, as we say, briefly studied at the seminary there, and uh, but he was called back home because he was the firstborn. He had many family obligations that he needed to attend to to help his family. He eventually did get married to a local girl and was the father of four, two of which were martyred for the faith. At what point, though, a very low point in St. Matteo's life, he committed the sin of adultery. However, he repented and his wife forgave him. He used the incident to re-examine his approach to life and faith. He decided that the best thing would be to draw closer to Christ and to his church to serve in the diocese and to help the missionaries there. But there was a persecution of the emperor of Christians in 1846. And Matteo, who was a skilled sailor, smuggled a group of threatened seminarians out of the country to Malaysia. The authorities suspected him of smuggling contraband into the country and increased their surveillance of him when he was at sea. He stopped on another run in July of 1846 to save some diocesan clergy, and he managed to bribe some of the soldiers, but was arrested, beaten, whipped, in order to desecrate a cross to prove his renunciation of Christianity. And when he refused, he was imprisoned for 10 months, regularly tortured, and eventually executed for the crime of helping missionaries. He was martyred by beheading on the 11th of May, 1847, in Cho Dui Dong Nai, Vietnam. It took three blows to kill him. He was canonized by Pope St. John Paul II on June 19th, 1988. St. Matteo Livangam, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 16, verses 5 through 11. Jesus said to his disciples, Now I am going to the one who sent me, and not one of you asks me, Where are you going? But because I told you this, grief has filled your hearts. But I tell you the truth, it is better for you that I go. For if I do not go, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I do go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world in regard to sin and righteousness and condemnation. Sin, because they do not believe in me. Righteousness, because I am going to the Father, and you will no longer see me. Condemnation, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. The Gospel of the Lord.
Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Augustine would say, The devils seeing souls go from hell to heaven knew that the prince of this world was judged, and being brought to trial in the Savior's cause, had lost all right to what he held. This was seen on our Savior's ascension, but was declared plainly and openly in the descent of the Holy Ghost on the disciples. You see, there's like a before and after here. And I've always been profoundly blown away by the before and after. Disciples before Pentecost and disciples after Pentecost. They are, it's almost like they're not the same people. Before Pentecost, there's fear, there's trembling, there's, there's hiding, there's, uh, there's just a lack of real confidence, there's, there's who knows what's going to happen, what about us, O Lord? And then post-Pentecost, we're not even reading the Pentecost passage here, but still, post-Pentecost, it's a different ballgame completely. And I'm sure we'll get there in our progression through the Easter season. But I like the confidence that comes eventually where they will proclaim the gospel with boldness, preserve and understand and understand the truth itself, give witness to Jesus even in the midst of incredible persecution, their own lives being taken from them. They will fulfill the just requirements of God's law. That will all happen, and Jesus is saying to them, unless he goes, it can't happen, because he, the Spirit must come. He must send the paraclete, the advocate. And I like, I like the, the sharp contrast here. I like the sharpness of the Spirit will convict the world. The Spirit will convict the world. Expose the sin of unbelief. Christ is truly righteous, and those that reject him will face judgment, to include Satan, the devils, his minions, and even you and me, if we should reject the Lord, the Savior, Jesus Christ. Augustine would also say, those then whom the Holy Ghost reproves, Christ reproves also. He shall reprove the world, means he shall pour love into your hearts, insomuch that fear being cast out, ye shall be free to reprove. Augustine would also go on to say, the world is reproved of sin because it believes not in Christ and reproved of righteousness, the righteousness of those that believe. The very contrast of the believing is the censure of the unbelieving. You see, Satan spreads lies and deceit, and the Holy Ghost brings truth and conviction. He brings witness to Jesus Christ himself. The lines are drawn. The sides are chosen. Except for you and me, we must choose. Whom shall we serve? The world, the flesh, and the devil? Or Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Even unto death, even unto death. Make your choice. We'll be right back after this very short break. Steve Ray joins us to talk about Jerusalem. Whole kind of drive time headed your way. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. 
GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. 20 minutes from now, Stephen Cox is going to be our guest. He is a content manager with LifeSite News. We're going to be covering several stories at LifeSite, especially on uh, on who's taking responsibility for making sure that they were banned off of Facebook. Uh, the censorship continues for those that would boldly proclaim God's truth, which was sort of the point of the gospel today. But joining us right now uh, via Zoom chat is Steve Ray Jerusalem Jones, as we used to call him back in the day. I wonder if he still goes by that, but good morning to you, Steve. Good morning. Still go to that uh, name because uh, kind of the hat, I got the uh, kind of that name because I'm traveling around the world all the time. In fact, I'm heading out to an airplane as soon as I'm done with you today. So praise uh, be to God. Jerusalem Jones is still the name. Catholic adventurer, traveler. And uh, you've been to the Holy Land, I, I guessed, a hundred times. How many times have you been there? A few times, over 180 times. And that wow. doesn't count Egypt and Iraq and Jordan and Syria. That's just Israel, 180 times. That's a lot. Praise be to God. Uh, there is so much going on in the news right now about Jerusalem. We're seeing riots. We're seeing uh, a crazy uh, just violence going on in the streets and then rockets flying through the air. I mean, what is the deal in Jerusalem? Well, I've got good friends there, and I've been talking to them. This is really the same old, same old, Joe. It's it's not um, – the media loves to pick up on sensational things. It's kind of a perfect storm, actually, because yesterday was Jerusalem Day. That's the day they celebrate when the Jews got back to the Western Wall, and they were able for the first time to come and pray at the Western Wall. So they march around the city flying their flags. I've been there many times on Jerusalem Day, and it's very provocative, but it's it also – the perfect storm is because it's during Ramadan, which mm. is the month of fasting for the Muslims, which always there, it's always more tense then. There's always more activity. And if there's going to be problems, it's usually going to be on Friday at noon when they have their prayers or during Ramadan. On top of that, we have the the news saying that Israel is kicking some uh, Palestinian, and they're Muslim, it's a Muslim village town. They're kicking the Muslims out of their town, and they're taking over property for the Jews. Well, this is really dishonest, What's how they say this. What happens all the time in Israel is the land is is very special and it's, it has more significance than just the land. It has to do with identity and people's um, ethnic identities and religions. And when somebody sells land, 
it's always a problem. Let me give you an example. I remember uh, 10, 15 years ago when we were there up on the Mount of Olives, it's all Muslim up there, no more Christians really, maybe only a couple. And one day, a Palestinian Muslim sold his land to some Jewish people. The Jews right away moved in and they put a huge Israeli flag <laughs> flying. You can see it all for for 50 miles in every direction. They put big spotlights up on it. So everybody, and it's like we're claiming, we're going to slowly claim back the land for the Jews. Well, the uh, the neighbors, the Muslim neighbors took their neighbor who sold that property to the Jews. They took him out in the deserts of the Jordan Valley and they killed him and buried him in the sand. Wow. This is because you don't sell the land to the enemy. Now what's happening today, it's a, it's a village, a Muslim city area, I should say, north of Jerusalem. It's part of East Jerusalem pretty much, but it's just north of there. And the Muslims were selling their land. And let's just use the number $100,000 they were selling it for. Well, some wealthy Jews came in and offered them $200,000. And they said, wow, their eyes went crazy seeing all that money. What happened in that city, in that town, I should say, is that the Muslims sold their land to the Jews. Now the Jews are coming to take over the land. It's a sold, it's done deal. It's a legal thing. And when Israel then comes in to help enforce the acquisition of that land, all of the people in the neighborhood start fighting. And then they carried out because Ramadan and it's all inflammatory. But this is something that happens all the time. Christians end up selling their land and Muslims buy it. The Christians don't start rioting and blowing things up because the Christian sells the land to a Muslim. Mm. But that's what happened in this case. The Jews legitimately bought property and the Muslims then, the neighbors wouldn't let them take it. So the police come in and they enforce the sale of the property, which was a legal legal transaction. But the news doesn't want you to know that. The news will tell you that what happened is that the Israel's in there kicking people out of a Muslim territory and giving it to the Jews. And um, the is and it, there's always a thing that Israel is so bad. You know, you show all these people bloody and so on. But then what they do is they take these riots into the into the Al-Aqsa Mosque because Friday is the day of worship. Ramadan, they're in there praying. So the Jews, they start a riot in there. And then the what, what are the police going to do? They have to put the riot down. They have to quell it. And then all of a sudden it hits the news. And in two days, I'll guarantee you, in two days, three days, it'll be over and you won't hear about it anymore. So the Al-Aqsa Mosque, that's the one up on Temple Mount. It's the men's. There's the uh, the Dome of the Rock, which is the shrine for mm-hmm. the women go there. The men go to the Al-Aqsa Mosque and it's up above the Western Wall. So when you're standing at praying at the Western Wall, I've been there 500 times. I used to run around the city of Jerusalem every morning when we're there, and I'd run up and pray at the Western Wall and stop in at the upper room every day. Um, And when you're praying at the Western Wall, you look way up the walls tall, and right up on top of there is Temple Mount, and Al-Aqsa Mosque is right there. Whenever there's going to be a problem, all of the Muslims, they come fill up the old city of Jerusalem, and they go up to the Al-Aqsa Mosque, and that's where the fighting always starts. If you're going to expect a problem, it's going to probably be there, and it's full of young people, and they go in, and they start the, the protest and the riot because they're angry at the Jews for buying their land, but they're really angry at the Muslim owners of the land for selling it to the Jews. Mm. Now, I heard a report that said the uh, Supreme Court in Israel has declared that they could, that, that Jews could go up there to the Temple Mount to pray, and that Always. was also carding, causing part of, part of the problem. Well, it's, it's not restricted to land. I go up there. We go up there. Um, 
the problem that you have is that you have lunatics on both sides, Jews and Muslims. And the Muslims want to get every Jew out of the country, and they don't want any Jew to come up on Temple Mount because it is the property of Jordan, actually. It is, it is the property of the Arabs. When Israel came to take over the, uh, the Jerusalem, which is being celebrated May 10th, they said, we can go up there to pray too. So they allow them to go up, but what happens is you've got what's called settlers, and these are the these are the right wing Jews who, their goal is to reclaim every inch of the land back that they had in biblical times. That means that Temple Mount is there, so they go up there. They don't just go up to pray; they go up to cause trouble. Last time we were there, we wanted to go up on Temple Mount, and we got delayed two days going up there because some of these right wing settler Jews went up there and caused a big problem. And so they shut the whole Temple Mount down. So we weren't able to go up there the day we wanted to. We had to postpone it. So you've got these two groups that are always going to be causing trouble. It's not going to go away. The Supreme Court said that the Jews have the right to go up there to visit and the Muslims can go up there to visit and I can go up there to visit. But then you've got people that try to cause problems up there to reclaim and make a statement. And when they do that, then there's a, a riot and there's fighting and it gets all shut down. And then they want to fight some more and they start throwing rocks down on the Jews, praying below down at the Western Wall. And then wow. the police come in with their plastic shields and they shut it all down for a couple of days. Back in a week from now, it'll all be back to normal. <laughs> yeah, Steve Ray is on with us. It, 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 if It's serious, but at the same time, it's like... It's like breaking up two uh, two kids, you know. It's like it go is, to and, your corners and, for crying out loud. And when you live there, you just get used to it. And I kind of live there. I, you know, being there so many times, and I've got all my friends live there. I've got Jewish, Muslim, Christian friends. I could call any of them and ask them what's going on, and they'll tell me, "Oh, Steve, it's just uh, just like it was six months or a year ago. Maybe a little more intense right now because it's Ramadan." And uh, but but it is a perfect storm. It's Jerusalem Day where they're marching around with the flags. They're they're kind of rubbing it in the face of the Arabs, saying, "We got Jerusalem. It's ours. It's ours." And the big flags are flying, and they're marching around the city. And it's Ramadan, so all the Muslims are there to pray. Hundred thousand or more coming in to pray at the Temple Mount. And then you've got uh, you've got the guy selling the land and all of this. And then. Gaza, of course, down in the south, they don't want to be left out of the picture, so they start shooting rockets so that they can be a part of it all, too. Now, how serious are the rockets? <clears throat> well, normally they... they you know, they're not sophisticated, but they're getting more sophisticated. Iran is the obviously the supplier, and um, a couple of houses got hit last night, and it, one of the rockets went as far as uh, Abu Ghosh, which is outside of Jerusalem, where we take our group. That's where David left the Ark of the Covenant at the hill country of Judea at the house of Obed-Edom. That's uh, Abu Ghosh. And there's a beautiful church there to marry the Ark of the Covenant. And I guess one of the rockets landed in that town last night. So they're, uh, they're, they're getting a little more sophisticated with their rockets and able to reach a little Eshkelon and uh, north of Gaza. That's the areas. Most of them fall in the desert. You know, they just shoot them over, fall in the desert. But uh, they're getting a little more sophisticated recently. So people aren't being harmed by these rockets? No, some people do. It hits some homes this time. Yeah. And, um, and so then when Israel retaliates, you know, everybody gets upset that Israel retaliates. But what would you do? Right. You know, if somebody's shooting rockets into your town, you're going to have to stop them. Yeah. And my way of saying this, Joe, and I, and I know some people will take offense at this, but 
Israel's not going anywhere. Israel is there. There's 8 million, 8.5 million Jews there. They are a strong, one of the top world powers militarily. They are a strong economy. They're a determined people, and that is their land, and they're not going to go anywhere. Mm. So if I were a Palestinian, my thing would be, you know what? Things have changed over the last 100 years here, and we have to learn to live with Israel, not to fight against them. And those who live with Israel do far better than those who fight against them. And I guess you could say that some people hate Israel more than they love their own kids. And they're willing to ruin their kids' uh, chances and their prospects for the future by continuing this fight going on. Yes, Israel has its problems. But most of the Christian friends that I have are very much in favor of Israel. They would much rather be under the state of Israel than under the Palestinian Authority. I was, that's the next question I was about to ask. We have two minutes left with Steve Ray. As what is the status of the Palestinian Christians who seem to be caught in between the two worlds? That's exactly what it is. They're like a little stone caught between these two boulders that keep clashing. And the Muslim... Palestinian. There's really no such thing as a Palestinian. There's either a Muslim Palestinian or a Christian Palestinian. All the Christians in Israel are really Palestinians. There's only like 400 Jewish Christians. There's mostly they are uh, Palestinians that are Christians and Catholic, Greek, Orthodox. And they're stuck in the middle. They're only like 1% of the population now. They're down to 1%, 1 1.2% of the population. They get slammed in the middle. And the Muslim Palestinians really don't like the Christians because they want the Christians to join them in the protest and rebellion. And Christians say, we don't do that. We're not going to fight. We, and they like being under the state of Israel. Um, they don't want to be under the Palestinian Authority. So it's a, it's a, it's a mess, Joe, and it's not going to go away anytime soon. It's perfectly safe for pilgrims to go over there. We're taking a group over September, November, and January this year. I uh, can't wait to get back. And, uh, but it's, it's not going to go away anytime soon. Well, we're, uh, we're just about out of time. What's the uh, website there, Steve Ray? CatholicConvert.com. We got pilgrimages coming back up and a lot going on. So CatholicConvert.com. And hey, Joe, it's been good to talk to you. It's been a while. Yeah, love to come back gone. again. I'm available anytime. We'd love to have you, Steve. Thanks for your time today. We're grateful we got you on to give us the insight and the lowdown. God bless you and God love you, Steve. Safe travels. Thank you. Same to you, Joe. All right. Praise be to God. That's going to do it for our What's Concerning Us. There was Steve Ray. What's going on in the Holy Land? After this very short break, we're going to have breaking news with Emily. And Stephen Cox from LifeSite News is going to be on. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. What is a fanatic? Well, have you ever heard someone defending animal rights as if they have completely forgotten about human rights? G.K. Chesterton says that is a perfect example of a fanatic. Someone with a sense of a particular truth that is too strong for his sense of the universal truth. He will invoke even cruelty to prevent cruelty to animals. Later, he may even invoke cruelty to animals to prevent cruelty to pit ponies. It is not merely that he has kept one thing and lost a thousand things. He has lost the basis even of the one thing. For a man cannot long remain right without a reason. We must accept all the universal truths so that we don't go off balance with one particular truth. And where do we find the perfect balance of all universal truths? In the Catholic Church. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today's Tuesday, May 11th, and these are your headlines for today. The Diocese of Buffalo is preparing to draft a plan for regrouping parishes with a finalized plan due in September. Bishop Michael Fisher told participants at a May 8th virtual meeting that the plan will include the creation of families of three to six parishes that work closely with each other to provide for the spiritual, sacramental, and educational needs of parishioners. In recent years, the diocese has been rocked by revelations of past clergy sex abuse and allegations of a cover-up by former Bishop Malone, former Auxiliary Bishop Edward Grosch, and diocesan officials. In November of 2018, Bishop Malone's former assistant leaked records reportedly showing that the diocese worked with lawyers to conceal credible abuse allegations from the public. While the diocese had reported the names of some priests credibly accused of abuse, it had not reported others, the records appeared to show. Bishop Malone denied claims that he had covered up abuse, and in September of 2019, Malone again faced controversy when his secretary leaked audio of the bishop appearing to admit he knew a diocesan priest faced credible allegations of harassment, grooming, and a violation of the seal of confession months before Malone removed the priest from active ministry. Father Camillus Mabaka of Nigeria, whose followers believing him to be missing, vandalized the cathedral and Episcopal residence in Enugu last week, apologized on Sunday to his bishop and to the church. Father Mabaka said, quote, I'm on your behalf kneeling down for the church and I say, may the church forgive what has happened. And I am asking my Lord Bishop Onyaga and all the priests of Enugu Diocese and for everybody to rest the case. Mabaka is the founder of Adoration Ministry, which has over 2,600 followers. His followers stormed the residence of Bishop Callistus Onaga, demanding to know the priest's whereabouts on May 5th, destroying property and desecrating the altar of the cathedral. Father Mabaka resurfaced hours after his followers stormed the residence, and during his May 9th Mass, Father Mabaka said, I render my sincere, unalloyed apologies to the Holy Roman and Apostolic Church, where I belong, and I say, may the Mother Church forgive us in any way we didn't do it well. Even in all that I said where I didn't say it well, we pray for their forgiveness. The Vatican's Human Development Office has created a working group on the topic of the expulsion of criminal organizations from the Catholic Church. The group was created in honor of Rosario Levatino, a Catholic judge killed by the Mafia in Sicily in 1990. The eight-member group will study the excommunication of the Mafia, offering support to bishops around the world according to a press release announcing the initiative from the Dicastery for the Promotion of Integral Human Development. Giuseppe Pignatone, president of the Vatican City State Tribunal, will be a member of the group. Pignatone is an Italian magistrate who served as a deputy public prosecutor in Palermo and then public prosecutor in the cities of Reggio Calabria and Rome, where he oversaw the arrests and trials of a large number of people belonging to organized crime organizations. Other members of the anti-mafia working group are the philosopher Vittorio Alberti, Italian politician and former president of the anti-mafia commission Rosie Bindi, 
anti-mafia activist Father Luigi Ciotti, author and ex-mafia rehabilitation activist Father Marcello Cosi, and Greek Catholic priest Father Ioan Alexandru Pope, and prison chaplain Father Raffaele Grimaldi. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us up to date on the headline news. Uh, I want to thank GloryAndShine.com, GloryAndShine.com, for generously underwriting a portion of Catholic Drive Time. They are a Catholic family-owned and operated company, and they make personal health care products like uh, you know lotions, uh, body mists, beard care, for instance, was what I purchased. And a great company, beautiful uh packaging. I'm just very grateful to them for their generous support of us. Their website is gloryandshine.com. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is uh, Stephen Cox. He is a content manager for LifeSite News. Good morning to you, Stephen. Morning, Joe. The beer looks great, by the way. Praise be to God. One can only try. That's all I can say. But uh, Absolutely. Um, it's good to have you on, Stephen. There's a lot of stories in the news here at LifeSite that I wanted to to chat about and have, didn't have an opportunity yesterday to do it, and I thought this would be perfect to get to get you on and, and have a conversation. Um, one that stands out right away is this uh, headline that says, Vatican Health Conference takes money from Moderna, then awards and showcases its CEO. Now, uh, that's problematic on a number of levels there. Stephen, can you give us a lowdown? Absolutely. So right now what's going on um, at, 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 at the Vatican, the um – uh, there's a there's a major conference and all of basically the the global political left is there. There's very few Catholics present at this uh, event. Dr. Fauci um, uh, was there. Chelsea Clinton. This is all virtual again, by the way. Um, Joe Perry of Aerosmith, uh, the guitarist, was for some reason at this event uh, <laughs> talking about the need for the the vaccine. It's not even a vaccine; it's an injection. We all know that. Um, and yet, yeah, it's very problematic because, as we know, as we know, these injections have abortion um, fetal cells that have been used in them, and that's what people are getting injected into them. So it's very problematic for the church. Uh, as Archbishop Vigano said, I think this is the marrying of the deep state, the global political left, with the uh, authorities in Rome. It's very disturbing. We should all be concerned about that. And as Dr. Fauci said on CNN the other day with, doc, with Dr. Sanjay Gupta, uh, he said this is really a chance to use the religious realm, the importance of the Vatican being a, a religious institution, uh, to really promote that. And that it's the duty of pastors and priests to use their platform to make sure that people are getting vaccinated, that they're using their religious platform for that. So that's really the, the short end of what's going on. But yeah, it, it's something that's... Um, Quite disturbing in my eyes, for sure. So the organizers of the event they they are sponsored by Moderna. Is that the case? Well, this is it's 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 organized by the Pontifical Council for Culture. It's Cardinal Gianfranco Ravasi. Okay. And what's happening is yes, there's there's various individuals who are there. Uh, the, the chairman, CEO of Pfizer, uh, the chairman of, and CEO of various other health organizations as well, uh, Moderna. So it's there's a lot of uh, mixing and matching of money going on. And uh, absolutely, there's a lot of different people and pretty much not very many Catholics. Yeah, this has been a source of uh, confusion and scandal to many in the in the uh, the church around the world as to why. We talked about this several weeks ago when, when the announcement came. And they, I noticed that they actually didn't. They didn't start announcing this event until it was pretty close to the event. They didn't, they didn't give us a lot of lead time to really look at this and figure out what is going on here. And uh, so we did address this story when it first came out, but 
uh, it is still troubling to see the cooperation, the direct cooperation with a company like Moderna, who does use aborted uh, fetal tissue in their development, R&D, or process. Um, is there any news from the Vatican, any other parts of the Vatican that might say, well, you know, we're distancing ourselves from this or they're ex- trying to explain it away? Is there anything, any response whatsoever to the scandal from the, uh, from the Vatican? Uh, none that I am aware of. And in fact, you should, we should go back a couple of years. In fact, this sort of melding between uh, the Vatican and the international elites uh, really has been taking place ever since Pope Francis took um, ascended to the throne. So what we saw a couple of years ago was actually Bernie Sanders was at the Vatican as well as Jeffrey Sachs. There was a uh, an, 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 an event held there and Bernie Sanders was featured there. Jeffrey Sachs, if, you, if, if your viewers don't know, uh, is a big population control activist. And, and these, this is, these are the people in the Vatican who are saying uh, China is a good practitioner of Catholic social teaching. So this, from what I can tell, is a continuation of those policies, of that, of that uh, reconcile, reconciling the church to these international elites and uh, the deep state. So I, again, I haven't heard any response from the Vatican just yet. If there is anything breaking like that, we'll definitely be reporting on it at LifeSite. Now, this particular article over at LifeSite News is written by Dorothy Cummins McLean, somebody we've had on the program uh, several times. And she even goes on to point out in this article that the Church of the Latter-day Saints are also uh, sponsors of this particular event. Yeah, they're just, again, one of many, and I think if you look at the list of participants as well, you'll wow. also see Cindy Crawford, uh, <laughs> this former model, for some reason, why how she's an expert on... I'm less uh, troubled by that than the Church of Latter-day Saints, though, to be frank. I mean, uh, Cindy Crawford, whatever, okay, fine, uh-huh. but uh, the Church of Latter-day Saints and Moderna, that's a troubling uh, combo right there. Yeah, and, and the fact that the church officials in Rome cannot see that is, I think, a sign of the times we're in and the confusion that that is going on in the church itself. And it's, yeah. it's really a punishment from God if our leaders cannot see the problem with this. Uh, we have about a minute before we go to break. I, uh, there's another story I want to wait for after the break. But this is uh, another story that we covered on this show. The Canadian, the, the Polish-Canadian Protestant pastor was finally arrested. He was he was uh, made viral uh, famous on, on the Internet for kicking out the health inspectors out of his church. And I think they came twice removed twice well they caught up to him on a highway apparently yeah what, what, a, what a moment i'm not sure if you saw the video it went viral and i mean basically the guy's driving home after holding the service and they tracked him down they dragged him into the police car i mean the, he escaped poland communist poland when he was younger he knows what what authoritarianism and communism is like and so yeah we, we can talk about that for sure you know that kind of i had flashbacks to the the bundy was it the bundy uh was it the father and son in, in the blm land thing in america they did something similar they waited for him to be on the road before they hunted him down so it was a pretty uh startling video to watch them pull this guy over and then treat him in the way that they did, so dramatically, carrying away even his brother, um, handcuffed like cattle almost, uh, for the crime of holding a church service in Canada. Let that sink in. Don't go anywhere on the other side of this break with Stephen Cox, our guest from LifeSite News, is going to be on. We're going to be talking about how they got banned from Facebook, who's responsible, and what all that means for the Catholic evangelist and the ones that want to speak truth in this crazy world. We'll be right back.
For almost 1,500 years, thousands of men and women in monasteries around the world have found St. Benedict's rule to be a sure guide to Christian life. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. The rule has exercised a profound influence in history. But do you know what St. Benedict himself thinks of the rule he wrote? He calls it simply, a little rule for beginners. He points us beyond himself to the work of others and ultimately to the Bible as the truest guide for human life. St. Benedict's rule has endured so long because he kept his mission in mind. He pointed people to Christ, not to himself. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E MinuteMonk.com. We too are most productive and helpful when we keep our mission in mind and seek to respond to what others really need, rather than to impose what we want to do. Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a 1,000 pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. It's good to be on with you. And uh, Stephen Cox is our guest from LifeSite News. LifeSiteNews.com is the website. Uh, LifeSite News has a, uh, a, a growing reputation, Stephen, for getting banned, uh, like all over the place. I mean, YouTube, LifeSite's blocked on YouTube, correct? We are, indeed. And then now on, uh, on Facebook, where else have you been uh, banned, kicked off? Any, any other place? Twitter uh, is Twitter. the other one. We, we had two accounts, a uh, LifeSite Catholic a Twitter account, as well as our, our normal um, LifeSite account, and those had... 60,000 uh, and about 25,000, I think, uh, followers respectively. And Facebook that we just got banned from, we had over 200,000 followers. So, yeah, we're wow. getting pre- pretty good at this thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting good at being banned. That's hilarious. You know, I've been saying this uh, repeatedly over the years that the Catholic evangelists must pay attention to what's going on uh, in an ever-increasing digital world. We are being pushed into a digital world, and they are starting the process of shutting down uh, sort of the traditional terrestrial methods of communicating to the masses being on radio we still have a foot in that world where we get to speak to a large audience and not be censored by the powers that be um well at least to some point anyway uh yet in the digital world it's cheaper it's easier it's wonderful but at the same time we can clearly see who the gatekeepers are how does an organization like LifeSite shift in that world yeah, so we've <clears throat> been been aware that this was going to happen for quite some time. We received several notifications, especially on Facebook, uh, over the last several several months that our posts were quote unquote misinformation. That they were uh, making sure that they were registering our our posts as things that were were going against the rules. So mm-hmm. we've been planning for this moment. We expected this moment to happen. Um, what we've been shifting into is obviously all the alternative platforms, Rumble, MeWe, Telegram. We're trying to get onto Parler. We're having some tech issues with that. Um, nothing nefarious, but there's just they don't have a lot of uh, manpower to answer our, our requests. Yeah. But um, what we've done is really focus on email acquisition and getting one-on-one contact with our supporters and viewers. So we've been funneling people off of social media to 
our email list, our daily email list, as well as our Tuesday, Thursday email list, which we send out, which are much more specific in our focus. Mm. Um, so we're tr trying to make sure we have that one-on-one -on -one communication line open uh, because we know the next step might even be, you know, uh, God forbid, if, if our email server uh, decides to cut us loose because there have been instances of that. But the one that we've been using, we know that that's happened to other pro-life and pro-family conservative organizations. So we're planning for that day. Uh, we're trying to build out various uh, platforms of our own. We don't want to be reliant on any other organization because we know, Joe, that it is it is just quite frankly dangerous for a, a, an organization like us to be using those platforms when you know big tech and big abortion and, and leftists are out there pressuring groups like Facebook and others to kick us off. Because what happened actually in, in getting removed from Facebook, it was actually groups like Media Matters, GLAAD, um, the Human Rights Campaign, they put out a statement just this week saying we're, we're happy that LifeSec got kicked off and it was overdue. So they, they basically claim victory uh, in this by, by pressuring Facebook. Uh, to get us kicked off. Uh, Steven, we, there's a lot, uh, we're kind of expecting the same thing to happen to us eventually. And so we've been trying to move off to alternative sites as well, like Rumble. And, uh, we've of course been looking at Frank. Have you had any experience with Frank and whether or not that's, uh, a viable option? And are y'all seeing any of the same traction? Cause we're seeing like nobody is on these alternative platforms. And, uh, while we like to talk about these alternative platforms, it doesn't seem like, it's really a viable option to getting it out to the masses. So I don't know exactly how Frank works or, or, or all that much or about it. it works. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, I, what I can say is that uh, there, there is good reason to invest in these alternative platforms. They are growing. We've seen a number of views come from Rumble. Many of our views um, have s several videos have over hundreds of thousands of views uh, of themselves. Now that will will take time for any organization because you're going to need to build up your your outreach and make sure your email list is growing, that your your page views for people who go directly to your site or find other ways to get there. You know, I encourage people to bookmark uh, the site itself. That's always a positive thing, and to subscribe to any newsletters you send out. That's going to be really important going forward. So. It, it will take time for new organizations, but uh, we're seeing very early returns paying dividends. And I encourage other groups uh, out there as well to do that or just, again, to build up your own platform if you have the time and means. It's not easy. Uh, it takes a lot of IT people and a lot of money to do that. Uh, video is an expensive platform, as you all know, to, to run on your own. But it's really the only way you're going to survive uh, in the future, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky piece of business, and uh, we're certainly been looking at it now for quite some time at the GRN, at least I have. And uh, I know there are many organizations that are now coming to this realization, but I hate to, I hate to say it, but I think it's, uh, it's a little late for most of the Catholic organizations that haven't been thinking along these lines. I mean, in the future, there will always be a voice for Catholic organizations that don't take complicated positions or or let's say scandalous positions on on any issues in society if they're just if their mission doesn't need it they won't and therefore they'll always have an opportunity but those that would defend marriage defend life defend uh, the church's teachings uh, in, against the society around us I think we're going to see quite a bit more uh, deplatforming going on 
and the ability to shift quickly is going to be paramount. Um, now, in particular here, I think this article that I wanted to have this conversation around, the headline goes, Top Pro-Abortion Pro-LGBT Orgs Take Credit for Facebook's Permanent Ban of LifeSite News, which you just mentioned a minute ago. I think this points out, too, what the strategy is for those that would oppose us. It's very easy for them to to build these grassroots uh, censorship efforts. Uh, I'm sure you've seen quite a bit of that, Stephen Cox. Yeah, so, so, so these organizations are very well funded. Again, we're talking about Media Matters, GLAAD, Human Rights Campaign, NARAL, and, and others, Black Lives Matter even, uh, that are focused solely on canceling anybody who doesn't agree with their leftist Marxist agenda, right? And and to kind of bring the discussion out maybe to a 10,000-foot 10, 10, level is there there is something that's happening within the liberal global political world order, right? This is a philosophical discussion that's going on amongst many uh, mostly academic Catholics is, are we in a post-liberal world order? In other words, can those who historically have always claimed tolerance, freedom of speech, dialogue, actually live by that creed? And what we're seeing is that the political left does not want that. They want this this secularist uh, leftist state to establish their, uh, quote-unquote, you know, church religion, their leftist religion, and to banish from the public domain anyone who dissents. And so we are, and we have as you mentioned, Joe, been seeing that. we Again, we already got kicked off Twitter, Facebook. Big Tech has come after other organizations, too. We ran a special last year called Big Tech Uncensored, and where we focused on and highlighted uh, groups like the Susan B. Anthony list, uh, Live Action, and others who fought censorship last year and before we even um, had any problems, really, with all these organizations. So Big Tech, a Big Abortion, the whole industry is in the pocket of of, of the global elites, of the political left. And they want to squash groups like us, hopefully not just yet, Guadalupe Radio, but I think those days uh, are coming, and they're com- coming very soon. Yeah, amen. Stephen Cox is our guest. LifeSite News is uh, the organization he works for, LifeSiteNews.com. We have about uh, three and a half minutes left in our conversation with Stephen Cox. What else is going on over there uh, that uh, you'd like to highlight, Stephen? Yeah, so we are planning a, a summer big tech conference. Um, we know that uh, Patrick uh, Coffin just had a, uh, a, a an event that was focusing on on this on coronavirus. Uh, but we want to also again remind people that big tech is is the enemy here. Uh, in my own personal opinion, Steve Bannon was right that the the media is the enemy of the people. And now we're seeing big tech is the enemy of the people. So we're trying to focus on making sure that people, again, are aware of that, that they're coming to our site, signing up for our emails, and, and reading our uh, our content and coming to it directly. Because again, we're not on Facebook anymore. We do have some alternative accounts. We can end abortion. If you type that into Facebook, that'll, that's a page we run, as well as we can defend marriage. So those are alternative uh, Facebook accounts that we, we run currently. But as, as, as regards to our, our Facebook LifeSite account, that's gone. So we're really trying to make sure our supporters are, are helping us in this in this very dire moment when we need them the very most. Yeah. Uh, real quick, we have about three minutes left with uh, Stephen. And uh, one thing that I get from some of our listeners that are upset with big tech is, uh, GRN, why are y'all still on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the like whenever they want to cancel us? Do you think that uh, that Catholic organizations should just flee from it, or should we stay and fight until we are kicked off? I've been of the opinion in the past that we should stay and fight until we get kicked off. Um, now, I understand why people say leave, right? We don't want to be giving these these 
organizations any more traffic. We don't want to give them any more ad space, things like that for people to click on. I understand that. Um, my own opinion is, again, stand and fight. And until they kick you off, go ahead. We are having discussions uh, about doing uh, a sort of solidarity shutdown this summer at our big tech conference that we're planning. So basically it's going to be a day where all of the people who watch the conference are going to literally click and delete their Facebook accounts and Twitter accounts on that day. It could, it could be something that people support uh, as a show of solidarity against these organizations. What's I think really going to be needing to happen is what Ron DeSantis is in Florida is actually doing that. We're going to have to be passing legislation that finds these organizations majorly when they're doing um, when they're basically violating the Constitution because LifeSay is not promoting hate speech. We're not promoting uh, anti-LGBT bigotry or anything like that, what Gladden's other organizations are saying. Uh, we're standing up for the truth, and we need to make sure that they, they know that as well. So that's really – it's a bigger fight, but um, I say keep fighting until, until uh, they decide to do otherwise. Yeah, keep fighting until they don't give us the opportunity anymore. Um, in the last couple of minutes here with Stephen Cox from LifeSite News, LifeSiteNews.com, you know, uh, I used to use the ad platform a lot on Facebook. I was, it's, it is, in my opinion, the most advanced advertising platform in the history of the world because Facebook knows everything about you. Um, do you see an alternative to that for the Catholic organizations? Well, you know, I think the ultimate solution is just going to be we need our own version of Facebook. We need yeah. our own social media platforms. I don't think there's right now currently any sort of alternative to that. But I think what, what needs to happen is someone, you know, there's always these rumors of President Trump coming along and starting a social media platform. Mike <laughs> Lindell's talking about things like that, right? Uh, we're going to have to, I hate to cut you off, but it's, we're out of time. Stephen Cox, God bless you and God love you. Thank you for your time this morning. LifeSiteNews.com is the website. We'll have you back, but have a great day. Thank you very much. All right, that is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God for joining us. If you can join us in the next hour, we have the game show coming up and prizes are involved. It's going to be a lot of fun. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt for all the news, information, and to watch live. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. How should I respond to someone who wants to know if I've been saved or born again? Answer with a resounding yes. Tell them that it is through baptism that you are saved, just as the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.20, and that it is through baptism, water and the Spirit, that you are born again, just as the Bible says in John 3, verse 5. Many Protestants believe that they are saved by making a single act of faith at a single point in time in their lives. Nowhere does Scripture say such a thing. Catholics believe that salvation is a process which begins with our baptism and continues throughout our lifetimes, just as the Bible teaches us. Many places in Scripture talk about how one is saved, but not one of them says we are saved by one act of faith at just one point in time. Again, 1 Peter 3.20 says that we are saved by baptism. Hebrews 12.14 says that we will not see the Lord unless we are holy, and that we must strive for this holiness. Matthew 6 verses 14 and 15, it says we must forgive others or we will not be forgiven. 
Can you attain salvation if God hasn't forgiven you? No. So our forgiving others is necessary for our salvation. John 6 verse 54 says that we will have eternal life by doing something, eating the flesh and drinking the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Matthew 19 verses 16 and 17, Jesus is asked directly what one must do to have eternal life. Did he say, accept me into your heart once and that's it? No. Jesus said to keep the commandments and you will have life. Yes, as Catholics we are born again, and as Catholics we believe that we were saved, as Paul says in Romans 8.24, that we are being saved, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, and that we will be saved, as Paul says in Romans 5 verses 9 and 10, provided we persevere and keep our eyes on the prize. Salvation is a process, just as Catholics believe and just as the Bible clearly teaches. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God, it is good to be on with you. Good morning to you. Just wrapped up a great conversation with Stephen Cox from LifeSite News about big tech censorship and how Catholic organizations can switch to that, or at least switch in the midst of that. And then earlier in the last hour, we had a a wonderful uh, conversation with Steve Ray, Jerusalem Jones, you might remember, about what is really going on in Israel. Some good insights there from a guy who's spent a tremendous amount of time in Jerusalem and in the Holy Land. We'll be posting both of those conversations later today on our YouTube, Facebook, and Rumble, and other platforms, all of which you can find linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But in this hour, we're going to have breaking news and stories, all good news this hour, by the way, all good news. And then we'll have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and of course, we will play our trivia game show, Fear and Trembling, and we have a wonderful prize this week by Little Way Design Co., And then, of course, in the second half of the hour, if you are at all able to join us, is the after show where we will conversate about whatever's on your mind. You get to drive that conversation. Uh, But this morning's a little bit of an emotional ride for me today. My uh, my 2006 Tahoe went over 100,000 miles on the way to work today. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. But uh, anyway, good morning to you, Emily Alcaraz. Good morning. Just a reminder to our listeners, it's a short week for us this week. So higher chances of winning the prize. It's a short week. How so? Uh, no show on Thursday. Well, I'll be here. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have a show on Thursday. Oh, okay. I but thought... there's still a prize involved, and the opportunities are always endless. So oh, I guy. see. <laughs> uh, how, how many miles does your car have, Emily? Around 50,000. Oh, it's a baby. Yeah. Crying out loud. Brand, brand new, practically. Adrian, how many, how many uh, miles on your, t- on your truck? I have, I have no idea. 
You, you didn't even pay attention? Nope. Do you change the oil? Yep. Regularly? Yep. And you still don't know how many miles you have? Nope. Huh. Okay. Okay. Well, 100,000 miles. Now, the good news is I think my car could probably go three or 400,000 if I keep up with it. So I'm hoping to get there. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Praise be to God. Now, why are you black and white? And what you, That's right. It's uh, National Twilight Zone Day, you said? That's right. Today is uh, National Twilight Zone Day. And so the reason why it's National Twilight Zone is Day is nobody knows why. <laughs> nobody knows why nobody it's National clue. Twilight Zone Day. Uh, people have speculated and they have looked and they have found that uh, there is no reason why it should be National Twilight Zone Day on May 11th. It's not the day that the show launched. It's not the day whenever the seasons ended. It's not the day that the director's birthday or death day or anything else. <laughs> it's literally no connection to Twilight Zone whatsoever. It just so happens to be today, and people celebrate it today. So if you're listening on the radio, you have no idea what we're talking about. It's be, During the live video feed today, uh, uh, producer Adrian there has put himself in film noir, in black and white. So if you're watching us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or elsewhere, or even on our homepage at grnonline.com forward slash CDT, well, Adrian's going to be in black and white today in honor of Twilight Zone Day. So there you go. Praise be to God. All right, uh, Gloria over there says she had a Jeep that finally died at 302,000 miles. Wow, that's, a, that's quite a haul right there. Praise be to God. I wonder, I wonder what's the highest mileage we can get to today out of the audience. If you, if you want to let us know, feel free to uh, comment on one of the video feeds, or I suppose you could always call us at 877-757-9424. But let's pray for your intentions today. Whatever's on your heart, your mind, whatever your needs are, we, of course, will include those. If you'd like to comment with your prayer intentions, we would love to read them. Otherwise, your guardian angel knows what your needs are, and we'll be sure to include them in this prayer. We're praying for our team here at the Guadalupe Radio Network, as well as the needs on the team and then, of course, you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the good news with Emily Alcres. The Basilica of the National Shrine of the Assumption of the Virgin Mary will begin offering perpetual adoration of the Blessed Sacrament on May 31st. Following an afternoon anniversary Mass of the nation's first cathedral, Baltimore Archbishop William E. Lorry will dedicate a recently upgraded Eucharistic Adoration Chapel in the Basilica's undercroft named in honor of St. John Paul II. Father James Boric, the Basilica's rector, said, The Eucharist is Jesus. In making the Eucharist available to the people of Baltimore 24-7, we're making Jesus available 24-7. Father Boric called the Adoration Chapel a sanctuary where people will encounter God in a personal way and added, We live in a divided world, and even our church is divided. The Eucharist is a great source of unity. People of many different viewpoints and backgrounds will come together to pray and to help foster the unity that Christ called for during his last prayer before he went to the cross. Archbishop Laurie has designated different prayer intentions for each day of the Basilica Chapel's use that include prayers for vocations, marriage, and families, Catholic schools, and a greater love for the Eucharist, as well as prayers for an end to racism, 
Violence in the City, and Abortions in Baltimore. The 2021 Canadian March for Life Youth Conference will take place on Friday, May 14th with an exceptional speaker lineup of pro-life advocates that event organizers expect to provide an informative online event. Josie Lutke, youth coordinator for a Campaign Life Coalition, said, Our unique speakers will address the underlying causes of abortion, the degradation of sex, the adoption of a secular worldview, and critically, what to do about it and how to become effective pro-life advocates. The event will feature talks from Tony McFadden, the founder of Relationships Matter, Joseph Backham of the Family Research Council, Joe Watts, founder of Merely Human Ministries, and Will Witt of PragerU. Despite COVID-19 restrictions in Ontario banning large gatherings, organizers of Canada's 2021 March for Life will forge ahead with an in-person rally and march in Ottawa on May 13th, given the urgency of addressing the human rights injustices of abortion and euthanasia. The 2021 National March for Life Youth Conference is titled I Am With You, and the online event will take place from 3 to 8 p.m. Eastern. A relic of Blessed Jose Gregorio Hernández Cisneros, known as the Doctor of the Poor, is being brought to hospitals and clinics in Ciudad Bolívar to bring hope to the sick and healthcare personnel amid the COVID-19 pandemic. The Archdiocese of Ciudad Bolívar announced that the Blessed's relic will be brought to healthcare facilities and other institutions in the Archdiocese this week. The Archdiocese said the purpose of the tour is to bring to the faithful and devotees the fragment of the bodily remains of the Venezuelan doctor who is an example of charity, service, and professionalism. Blessed José Gregorio Hernández was born on October 26, 1864, in Isnotu in the Venezuelan state of Trujillo. He was a professor at the Central University of Caracas where he began each lesson with the sign of the cross. Hernández attended daily mass, brought medicine and care to the poor, and made a profession as a third-order Franciscan. His relics will then return to Ciudad Bolivar on November 21st to be installed in a soon-to-be-announced church where it will be reserved for veneration and pilgrimages. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. St. Matteo Livangam, pray for us. St. Matthew, as we say, was born in 1813 in, in Bien Hoi, Vietnam. He was the eldest son in a pious Christian family. Matthew briefly studied at the seminary, and but he was called home because he has, uh, as the oldest son, he had family obligations to help provide for the family. So he did come home, and eventually he would marry a local girl and became the father of four. Two of his children, however, would be martyred for the faith. At one point, he committed the sin of adultery, and he repented. And his wife, uh, by the grace of God, was able to forgive him. He used the incident to re-examine his life and to uh, draw closer to the intimacy of Christ and to his church and to serve in his diocese and to help missionaries. But during the persecutions of Christians in 1846 by the emperor, Matteo, a skilled sailor, smuggled a group of threatened seminarians out of the country to Malaysia. The authorities suspected him of smuggling contraband into the country and increased their surveillance of him when he was at sea. He stopped on another run in July to save some of the diocesan clergy, and he managed to bribe some of the soldiers, but was arrested, beaten, whipped, and ordered to desecrate a cross in order to prove his renunciation of Christianity. When he refused, he was imprisoned for 10 months, regularly tortured, and eventually executed for the crime 
of helping missionaries. He was martyred on the 11th of May, 1847, by beheading. It took three blows to kill him. He was canonized by Pope St. John Paul II on June 19, 1988. St. Matteo Livangam, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 16, verses 5 through 11. Jesus said to his disciples, Now I am going to the one who sent me, and not one of you asks me, Where are you going? But because I told you this, grief has filled your hearts. But I tell you the truth. It is better for you that I go. For if I do not go, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world in regard to sin and righteousness and condemnation. Sin, because they do not believe in me. Righteousness, because I am going to the Father, and you will no longer see me. Condemnation, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Think about that, the, the, the work of the Holy Ghost, to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and condemnation. Jesus is so, he is obviously without the spot or stain of any sin whatsoever, venial or mortal, of course. He is God. And he gets to return to the Father directly. Unlike you and me, we probably will have a very long stop over in purgatory if, by the grace of God, we make it there and die in a state of grace. Let us ponder today the work of the Holy Ghost to convict us all of our belief and faith in Christ. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, so the here we have a lot of things as well as usual. Uh, Cornelius Lapide actually relates this back to religious life. He says that our Lord, he allows us to have consultation, uh, consolations in religious life in order that we will be able to um, persevere in the, in the vocation of religious life as a novice. But after you uh, are no longer a novice, that the con- consolations are taken away from us. And what does that mean? That means that we will then be experiencing suffering. Now, why is this? And this can relate back to our personal lives. And our personal lives, whenever we are new to the faith or we come into a deeper knowledge and deeper love of God, initially the reaction is a, a euphoria. Uh, God has given us special graces that we might persevere in the newfound grace that we have received, the newfound grace that we have discovered, um, and then the faith that we have discovered. This happens a lot to people who are, are reverts to the faith, who leave, leave the faith and come back or have recognized that there's a deeper faith to be found. Um, they are having these, they're full of consolations for a while, but these consolations are not lasting. The consolations will end up leaving eventually. Why do they leave? Not because our Lord uh, wants us to uh, not be comforted, but instead because he wants us to suffer. He wants us to suffer with him and for him, but he also gives us these consolations so we can look backwards and see those consolations and say, oh my goodness, I remember when our Lord was there with me, which he's still there with you, even if you do not feel him uh, emotionally, he's still there present with you to guide you on the path of righteousness and path of faith, even if those consolations are no longer present. So uh, the point of that I think should be taken away is if you're in a moment of consolation, then cling to those memories and recognize them and give glory to God for them and that and recognize they will be taken away. And whenever they are taken away 
and for those who are currently living in the status of them being taken away, look back on the consolation that God gave you in the past and look at those and let them comfort you and guide you. Amen. Praise be to God. All right, that is going to do it for the reflection on today's Gospel Saint of the Day and breaking news. What comes next is the Fear and Trembling Game Show. Praise be to God. We have a new prize this week uh, from Little Way Design Co. We're very grateful to them for their sponsorship. But if you would like an opportunity to be a contestant in the game show, now is your chance. You must call 877-757-9424. Be the first caller, and you can get in on this. And you don't even need to know the answers to the question. It's that easy. 877-757-9424. Call right now. 877-757-9424. Looking for our caller at 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Blessed John Paul II once said, As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. How easy it is to point fingers and place blame for the mess in which our society has found itself. But stop just for a minute and ask, what have I done to make it better? Is my family doing anything to improve the world? Possibly the most effective thing a family can do for society is pray together regularly. Pray for our president every single day. Pray for all our government leaders, our bishops and priests, our teachers, our military, our business owners. Create a list of family petitions. If the teenager puts an anonymous prayer request on the list, let it be anonymous. Prayer is our greatest weapon to change the nation and the world. Remember what Father Patrick Payton said, the family that prays together stays together. This has been a minute for your marriage and family with Balanced Families Ministries. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. She's having a relationship with George. It's disgusting. It's dis- Deep within, we struggle because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Having trouble with your car radio? No worries. The Guadalupe Radio Network has just released our new version of our app. With the app, you can get a crystal clear connection of your local station no matter where you are. You can also listen to podcasts of past shows and find more ways to connect with us. Getting the new app is easy. Just search the app store on your phone for the Guadalupe Radio Network and either download it or if you already have it, choose the update option. Happy listening. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ and welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden 
agenda. So please do me a favor and do not share this publicly with anybody. But we like to do a few things on the, the Trivia Game Show. We like to ask questions that teach a little bit about the faith. So you always learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. We like to have a good laugh in the process. So our contestants tend to always be good sports and a lot of fun. And then, of course, we give out prizes. So it's kind of a win-win-win for everybody involved. And here's the deal. Here's the trick. The caller does not need to know the answers to these questions because we don't ask them. We ask Emily. We ask Adrian. One of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Emily or Adrian? And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Tell them what they could win, Emily. This week's prize sponsor is Little Way Design Company, which is a company started by Katerina, a Catholic wife and mother who also happens to be a chemical engineer and now a graphic designer. This week, she's giving away a Three Hearts t-shirt. This is a a t-shirt that has images of the sacred, immaculate, and chaste hearts. So thank you to Little Way Design for sponsoring this week's prize. All right. Praise be to God. There was a lot of calls that came through just now. Uh, we're very grateful to everyone who tries to be on the show. Thank you for that. If you don't get on, please try again tomorrow. The phone number, the rules, all of that is listed over on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Let's go to the phones. Genevieve, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Thanks for being a part of our show. Thank you. It's uh, good to hear your voice, Genevieve. Now, you guys are from Bulverde, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. All right. Praise be to God. And you're on your way to school this morning? Yes. And where is school, Genevieve? Um, St. Peter's Hall. All right. Praise be to God. Now, I know you, uh, you've you been listening a lot, and I know you, 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 you know the deal here. You know you have to listen carefully so that uh, you can pick out who's being tricky and who isn't. So uh, let's get started and play, and I think it'll go very well. Emily, we will start with you, as is our custom. Emily, can you tell me, are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? I'm ready. Emily, what term refers to the raising of the host (laughs) after consecration at Mass for adoration by the faithful? Oh, easy. That's the elevation. The elevation seems reasonable. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me what term refers to the raising of the host after consecration at Mass for the adoration of the faithful? Hmm, that would be the confidior, right? The confidior. Yes. Hmm, that sounds like a, a, like a Latin phrase or something. I, it sounds like it. Okay. It might be. Okay, okay. So, Adrian is on the hook for Confidior, and Emily is on the hook for Elevation. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right, who's wrong? Genevieve, what say you? Emily. Survey says... (laughs) Well done, Genevieve. Yes. Now, did you know that, Genevieve? Was that an easy one? Yes. Yeah, you knew that. Praise be to God. Easy peasy. At the elevation for adoration. It's a good uh, way to remember that. Praise be to God. All right. Very good, Genevieve. You are in the coffee cup of divine providence. Uh, for one try, you get two more chances. And uh, so far, Emily has not let you down. Let's see how this thing continues. Are you ready to go, Genevieve? Yes. All right. Here we go. We'll start with Adrian this time. Adrian, can you tell me 
May a sinful act be committed in order to accomplish something good? Can huh. one commit a sin in order to bring about a good? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if the ends justify the means, right? So, yes. Huh. Okay. Let's see what Miss Emily has to say. Emily, can you tell me, is it allowed that a person can commit a sin, a sinful act, in order to accomplish something good? Absolutely not. Never, ever, ever. So, Miss Emily is on the hook for no, and Mr. Adrian is on the hook for yes. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Genevieve, what say you? Emily. Emily, survey says... Wow. There we go. Good. Two for two. Now, Genevieve, have you ever heard the phrase, the ends don't justify the means? No. <laughs> well, uh, it's a good learning lesson today. There is a, a, a little saying we've, you know, we've all heard it, I think at least the old people have anyway. It says, the ends don't justify the means, which means what, Adrian? Well, it means that you can never do an evil action that good may come of it because you can never do anything that is evil per se. Yes. Yeah, there you go. All right. Praise be to God. Two times in the coffee cup, uh, Genevieve. You're, you're doing very well today. How do you feel? Thank you. All right. Praise God. Third question. Third opportunity. Going back to Emily this time. Emily, can you tell me? When we die, at the moment we die... Our souls go before God for judgment. But what is that judgment called? I don't, I'm not sure about this one. Mm. I don't know. Mm. I'm going to go with the most important decision. The, the, that's the answer? The most important decision? Yes. Okay, so that's the name of the judgment. Yeah. The most important decision. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's see what Mr. Adrian has to say here. Adrian, when we die, at that moment, our souls go before God for judgment. But what is the judgment called? Hmm. You know, let me think about that. I think that the judgment that happens right when you die is called the particular judgment because it happens to a particular person. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, Mr. Adrian, Gazuntai, by the way, Genevieve, Mr. Adrian is on the hook for particular judgment, and Miss Emily is on the hook for the most important decision. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Genevieve, what say you? Adrian! <laughs> Survey says. Woo! You were fooled. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Great wow. job. Ten out of ten. Now was well, that, I guess three out of three. Was that one harder? <laughs> was that one harder, Genevieve? No. No. Uh-uh. Easy peasy. You she knew it. You already knew that it was particular judgment? Yeah. Oh, That's awesome. God, Someone's been reading their Baltimore catechism. <laughs> now, Genevieve, uh, you know, this is, uh, you're the one who sent uh, the car, the note, right, to Miss Emily? That was Sienna. Oh, that was Sienna. Forgive me. Now, Genevieve, we're very proud of you today uh, for getting... Oh, we'll say that again? Hi, <laughs> Emily. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I think there's going to... It's going to be a lot of fans that are going to be sad next week when uh, Miss Emily's back in Chicago. Emily. Emily! Yeah, what's up? I'm your number one fan. 
Oh, thanks, Genevieve. I'm your number one fan, too. Well, praise be to God, Genevieve. We're so grateful to you today for being on our program. You did so well. Congratulations. You're in the coffee cup three times. Uh, We're going to ask Mr. Thomas Russell, who's hanging out today, to get your phone number or your dad's or your mom's phone number just to be sure that we uh, can contact you in case it be God's divine providence that Miss Emily pulls your name out of the cup on Friday. But we'll just have to see how that goes. God bless you, Genevieve. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. All right, we're going to put you on hold now. That's going to do it. Praise be to God. So sweet. That's awesome. Uh, you have a nice little uh, fan club there, Emily. Yeah, apparently. I'm Yeah, I'm writing back to Sienna, so be on the lookout for a postcard. All right. Praise be to God. That is going to do it for the radio side of our show today. Thank you for joining us. We're very grateful to you. You can always check out the podcast version of our site. Our podcast is available on iTunes. It's available on the Google Play Store, Spotify, and elsewhere. You can also find and listen to the podcast directly on our website as well as our mobile app. You can just download the iOS or Android version of the Guadalupe Radio Network app. You can listen to your local GRN radio station that way, live. You can also get to the podcast of this show there, as well as other podcast contact information, and a lot more. So please make sure to download the GRN mobile app. Look for the Guadalupe Radio Network in your iOS or Android app store. Also on our webpage is all of the sponsor information for the game show, as well as GloryAndShine.com and realestateforlife.org, realestateforlife.org, which is connecting buyers and sellers of houses. So if you're buying or selling a house, that's what they do, connect you together with the right people who are uh, faithful, pro-life Catholic, that kind of thing. And they are very generous to support our program as well. Their website is realestateforlife.org. So uh, in a moment, the Holy Mass will begin to air and uh, if you're going to you know, listen to the Mass or go to Mass today, please do us a favor and keep us in your prayers. We'd be very grateful to you. We, of course, pray for you all the time. But we're going to go into the after show where we are going to live stream into Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, elsewhere, even right on our homepage, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And we're going to conversate with you about whatever it is you want to talk about. We're going to get as serious or as fun as you like. A lot of inside humor goes around there, and uh, it's just it's a good time hanging out with you. You're driving the conversation. That's the after show. That's coming up in a moment. Tomorrow, Deacon Nick Donnelly from the UK is going to be on about uh, surviving the emergencies of our time as Catholics. And then we're going to talk about the, the cattle business. Yeah, I think it could affect your dinner plate soon. We're going to have a guest on to give us the inside scoop. All of that coming up tomorrow on Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you in the after show tomorrow morning. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time. 
where we get a little bit more casual and have a fun conversation with you, our audience. So thank you for that. Uh, whatever you want to talk about, please comment and you can drive the conversation to whatever you wish. Uh, there's so many people hanging out today. Praise be to God for that. Uh, Susan, Susana Ortiz over on YouTube. Good morning to you. Monica Cortez. Uh, good morning to you. Uh, there was a person named Kakao that was not very happy with us in our conversation about Jerusalem. He was on earlier. Uh, Angelo and Christopher Velasquez and William Hemsworth and Eric Rodriguez. Praise be to God. Clarissa Charles. I still want to know all about your road trip. Where are you going? I'd love to know. Um, Pocahontas, good morning to you. And Valentin, good morning to you. Who's on uh, Facebook? Stan is on Facebook. Um Joaquin is on Facebook, Lori, Gloria, Donald, or Don, rather, uh, Marquise, who's a new first-time commenter, hey now. Uh, which, you know what that means, right? That yeah. means, oh, wait, <laughs> wrong, wrong button, wrong button, sorry, as a uh, mistake right there, but, uh, I mean, he should know that he has just entered the Twilight Zone, though. You're traveling to another dimension. Wow, that brings back so many memories. There we go. There, we there it is. There it is. Better. Way better. Thank you, uh, Marquise, for being a first-time commenter. We always like to lavish some love on our first-time commenters. So and then, of course, Josh. And Josh, yeah, good morning to Christopher you. Christopher Chance is back, and he had some really interesting stuff to say. Okay, well, let's about cover that. the Twilight Zone. He said there was an episode about Our Lady of Guadalupe. Or what? Not the Twilight Zone, but the uh, the sequel series they did. Mm. I did not know there was called even... called Night Gallery? Yeah, Night Gallery. I've never heard of that. I watched it a couple times. It just wasn't the same. I'm going to read his comment because I, I had never I had never heard of Our Lady of Guadalupe being on uh, TV. So that's interesting. So the Night Gallery episode on Our Lady of Guadalupe concerned an angry atheist traveling to the National Shrine in Mexico. What? That's The crazy. atheist is pretending to be blind so he can fake a miraculous recovery and deuce, disprove the Catholic Church as a result. When the atheist arrives to be healed... He is mysteriously struck blind hmm. and wanders out of the shrine, freaking out that his blindness is no longer a scam. As he freaks out, the episode ends as the camera slowly pans to the miraculous Tilma of Our Lady, implying that she is staring at the fleeing atheist. Wow. What? <laughs> That's crazy. That is cool. That's nuts. I had never I had never heard that before. No, me neither. That's. I got to go watch that. That's awesome. What is it called, Adrian? Uh, sorry, your mic is off. There you go. You're what on. is it called, Adrian? It's called the uh, the episode. He didn't tell me the name of the episode, but he said the the show is called Night Gallery, and mm-hmm. uh, and it was an episode that had Our Lady Guadalupe. He didn't say the name of the episode. Chris, if you know the name of the episode, if you remember that, put it down uh, so we can let people know what episode that is. Because that's that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. Normally, you would probably see if like that were tried today, it, you know, they would probably have gone the other way and tried to bash our lady or disprove her or something, something along those lines. It's pretty, pretty impressive that they they uh, they had a story that didn't actually make her out to look bad. You know, uh, let's Dominic see says hi, Joe. It's Dominic. Hi, Dominic. It's Joe. Praise be to God. It's good to see you. Leticia uh, is on now. Uh, I don't know if she said hi earlier. Myra, Myra is on as well. And Genevieve says, I don't want Emily to leave. Uh, <laughs> you did great, Genevieve. Congratulations. And Jeff said, that was Sienna that said she was Emily's number one fan. Oh, hey, Sienna. Thank you. Wow. So we're, we must be getting parts of her name then. 
Like it must be like Genevieve Sienna or Sienna Genevieve or something like that. But can two you clarify, different people. Clar- is it two different yeah, people? Yes, two different. Yeah. Okay, so there's an argument over who's the number one fan. That's what we're really talking about. No, I think Sienna is the number one fan, and Genevieve was the one playing the show. And Gen- but Genevieve and also said she was her number one fan today. No, that was Sienna. Genevieve just said it on the radio. No, no, that was Sienna. That was Sienna. They passed off the phone to Sienna. Oh, my bad, my mistake. Thank you for clarifying. Okay. Well, that's awesome. You have a lot of people who are fans. That's amazing. Praise be to God. Let's see. Leticia, good morning, Emily, Joe, and Adrian, Eric Rodriguez. I'm going to guess it was the battery. Who on what? On the on the whose car? On Emily's car. On Emily's car. <laughs> the breakdown. Fifty thousand miles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fifty thousand well, miles is pretty a pretty low mileage. It was actually the getting rear-ended by the drunk driver that did it, but that that really causes <laughs> trouble usually. Uh, what kind of car do you have, by the way? Is it a Hyundai? Hyundai Elantra. Hyundai Elantra. Those are decent cars. What year? Uh, I don't know. You don't, I don't know. know. A 2000 something? Yeah. Okay. Uh, those are decent cars, generally speaking. So they should, you know, keep up with it and it probably could last you a long time. Uh, he doesn't want her to leave. Doesn't want her to go back to Chirac, he says. That's, <laughs> that's awfully sweet. Eric. My friend, um, <laughs> my friend, uh, Jesus oh, said, oh, I'm man. still doing acts of reparation for my transgressions <laughs> against Adrian. It's Still. okay, Jesus. I forgive you now. I think I think there there has been enough reparation, and I I am I'm a merciful man. So after 15 years of uh, penance and suffering, the the, the, the uh, forgiveness is here now. You're very welcome. You're Who very was, welcome. Oh, it was uh, Joaquin over on Facebook. Joaquin, I think, has 300 plus thousand miles on his vehicle. Whoa, wasn't it? Let me see if I can find it. Or was it? Oh, yeah, Silverado. He's got a Silverado. 347,000 miles. If I'm not mistaken, that is the most out of everybody who's commented so far. And there were some, there were some whoppers. There were some people who had over 200,000. But uh, so far, That's Joaquin on Facebook has, is king of the hill with 347,000 miles on his vehicle. Yeah, that's quite a bit. Now, the, uh, that's because it's an 03 Silverado. The, the 02 to 2006 Silverados, Tahoes, Suburbans, rock solid engines, just keep up with them and they'll last forever. I mean, everything else will break on them, but the engine will last forever. So good. Uh, Jeff said that, uh, or Jonah rather, Jonah said that my little sister Genevieve is the youngest player on the game show. She is six. Wow. Jonah and I am Emily's fans. Got it. I thanks for the clarity. I appreciate that. That's awesome. We need like a we need like a uh, a list of the of the family of the Burrier families just so I can get them all. Send us a Correct. family tree. Yeah, family uh, tree. Kathy exactly. says no, no. I'm Emily's ah, number one fan. Kathy, Kathy from our friend from Danvers, Massachusetts. Praise be to God. Hopefully, it stops snowing up there by now, Kathy. It's still snowing over there. Uh, no, I'm just teasing. Oh, about to just, say. <laughs> I'm it's just, like what? I'm just teasing. Myra, good morning to you. Hola. Well, uh, welcome back to the show. Now, okay, so Clarissa and her husband are on a on a road trip to Hilton Head, South Carolina. Uh, what? A delayed honeymoon to, to Hilton Head. That's going to be an amazing trip. Praise be to God. Uh, I love good road trips. The best road trip so far that I've been on, though, I have to say, was Montana. Going up to Montana back was so epic. The only downside is I wish I had a month off instead of the two weeks I took. Oh, Montana's on my bucket list. I would love to go there. So amazing. Chris said, clarification, he actually was faking paralysis, not blindness. He misremembered. And the name of the episode is The Miracle at Camafeo. 
and Clash the Ghost of Soreworth Place, episode 66. Whoa. There you go. I just found it as I, I was looking at it. Awesome. Now, hold on. There's a couple of people here that I wonder if they are new. Charles Gura is char- on Facebook. Is Charles Gura new? Um, it says, Happy Feast Day, St. Ignatius of Laconi. He, his his face looks familiar. Hmm. I'm not sure. Charles, let us know. Are you know. a first-time commenter, Charles? Because we like to lavish some love on first-time commenters. I honestly am okay with giving it to him anyways, <laughs> just because and I want to play. Sita Nisa? I think she has been here before as well. Okay, she says, Joe, I started listening to The Radical Choice and loved it. I also got my first order of glory and shine. Praise be to God. Yay! Thank you for for supporting our sponsor. We're very, uh, very grateful to you there. That's awesome. Can we just give it to them anyways? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Sure. Amen. Praise be to God. Yeah, Charles said no, but you can play it. Yeah, I thought I recognized him. Yeah. I thought I recognized his name, but I wasn't 100% certain. Now, you could always have uh, the scare the heck out of, of me. the apocalypse. You could always have that as a like a returning commenter. You know, if you want epic. How about that instead? <laughs> the two of them together is pretty ominous. <laughs> they don't make a good combo. You're traveling. Wow, it sounds like they go together. Yeah, it's pretty ominous. Oh, wait, sorry. I forgot to move the timeline in the back. Uh, yeah, <laughs> wait, yeah, you cut this off Wow, there praise be to God. Now, I grew up on the old Twilight Zone as a kid. I would obviously, well, that was on my on my list of favorite shows to watch was the, but it was always at night. It was always like late at night, you know, and I'm, I'm still a kid up late, one, two o'clock in the morning watching Kung Fu movies and Twilight Zone and. And all that. Yeah, I didn't discover Twilight Zone until I was in high school, I think in my junior or senior year. Uh, my theater teacher showed us a couple episodes of the Twilight Zone for some reason. I can't remember what the reason was. There was a good reason for yeah, it. Yeah, same. We watched one in a philosophy class in high school. That's interesting. Yeah. So Twilight Zone is still played for, for high school kids, I guess. And I, I was like, this is so cool. So I went through and found it and uh, binge watched all the uh, Twilight Zone episodes. So it there was, were a uh, lot really of shows like that in the 90s that are late 80s, early 90s that were like, what about this thing? Have you considered this? <laughs> yeah. It was all just a fabrication. <laughs> wasn't it called The Matrix? That was The Matrix. Wasn't oh, it? there's the, you had The Matrix. Directed you by the those uh, two Zone. women. Yeah. You Ish. have, uh, what was it? No, it's not Unsolved Mysteries. I don't um, know that one. There's it's a dude who's normally like... That was the big thing he said is uh, it was just a fabrication. We made it up. I don't know that one. <laughs> nope. Those, man, I'm Twilight sure the Zone? commentators are going to put it in in just a moment. Like It's another show just a lot like the uh, Twilight Zone and Night Gallery. Nope. Sorry. Someone I, will know. Someone comment one. if yeah, you know. Someone, someone remind us. See if that's... Those if that's. Those episodes really get stuck in your head, though. Like, I still look in my rear view mirror to make sure oh there's no goodness. hitchhiker in my backseat. That, that show... Or, like, the doll episode. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> or, uh, wish it into the cornfield. Oh. Wish him into the cornfield. Oh, gosh. The <laughs> doll episode. That was Tully Savalas. That was early Tully Savalas that did that one. Wow. I, you know, I was just thinking about him last week, as a matter of fact. St. Teresa of Avila said late at night is the perfect time for the Twilight Zone. St. Teresa of Avila, you should not be watching the Twilight Endorsed Zone. Endorsed by Dr. <laughs> <of> the Church. <laughs> and then there's, you have the, the Goosebumps TV shows, which is, it kind of falls under the same category, you know? Mm-hmm. Be careful what you wish for kind of deal. Yeah, a lot of that. Uh, Jeff, Sienna said that 
when Emily is in Chicago, could she still be on the game show? And she said mm. no to Kathy. I'm Emily's number one fan. Sorry, <laughs> oh. Kathy. You're, there's a there's a battle going on here uh, between Sienna and Kathy on who is Emily's real number one fan. Well, remember we're Catholics, so numbers or whatever we want them to be. Three equals one. <laughs> what? <laughs> two, two equals one. That's not That's confusing. Two, two natures, one person. Three persons, one what? God. What? Works for me. Two number one fans. Um, I'm, I'm, what's his name was asking me. Christopher Chance was asking me if I've watched Night Stalker. And I'm trying to look it up, actually. I have to be reminded because I don't recall... The Night the movie Stalker? or the TV show? The, the movie Nightcrawler was really Oh good. Nightcrawler. No, that's it's what I was Night thinking. Stalker. Right. That's he something says else. Night Stalker. Yeah. So that's a that must be a that's a movie. I don't believe Night Stalker is a a or, TV show from 2005, 2006. Oh okay. Uh, uh, no, I did not watch it. The answer is no. Uh, I have not it, seen it. It relay it was investigating dark supernatural elements. Back oh. in my day, there was a TV show that was uh about the paranormal and uh that was called uh Scully, remember the actor Scully? What was that called? The, the X Files. Uh, thank you. I'll, I'll take the X Files. Oh, I bet for he's talking about the Alex. 1974 one, the Night Stalker. <laughs> I bet that's what he's talking about. Well, that's what I was trying to put my hands on, is to see the older one. But all I, I'm googling it, all I get is the most recent one. I found it. Yeah, he said no. It was a TV show from the 70s. Um, yeah, here I'll link it. Let's see. Oh, well, how do we always end up on uh, on these? Okay, Family Tree. Jeff is single dad. Praise, praise be to God, Jeff, for, for uh, sending us this information. Jonah is the oldest at 11. Dominic and Sienna are twins. Oh! Now wow. it's starting to put puzzle now, pieces together. Okay. We're seeing things. At eight years old, Genevieve is six. Elijah is the youngest in heaven. Ah, oh, we're praying for Elijah, too. Uh, praise be to God uh, for sending us this information, Jeff. We're very grateful to you. This gives us... Gives us a better understanding of of who the players are there. That is so in the cool. Burrier house. Dominic, Dominic, and Sienna are twins. Super cool. Yeah, yeah. two Dom- Dominican names. That's that's pretty awesome. That's <laughs> genius. Noticing genius. a trend. Noticing a trend. You know, there really is no uh, better name that you could have named your your son and your daughter, Dominic and Sienna. That's amazing. And Jonah and Elijah and Genevieve. I think these are amazing names. Ten yeah, out of ten. Beautiful names. I might have to convince my wife to name our next daughter Genevieve. Genevieve's a, that's that's. I don't think she'll go for awesome. it. But <laughs> hey, Sue says X Files was the bomb. That must be like official master's language, you know? The bomb. Because he just he, now he's master Jesus Robles because he just got master his master's sensei. degree. So yeah, that, that, that's right. That must master be sensei. the language of masters. That's what I'm guessing. Well, I I included the bomb in my uh, in my paper. So, you know, is that why you haven't gotten your master's yet? Exactly. That's exactly why (laughs) your professor let you get away with that. No, that's Uh, why I didn't get my master's. Wow. So Kathy says, I'm 72. My older brother, almost 74. He watched Twilight Zone every Friday night on our black and white TV. I was about eight. He made me watch twice and I still have nightmares about those two episodes. (laughs) I'm so sorry, Kathy. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, I don't can't imagine watching that at eight years old. I was freaked out, and I was watching it my so- my junior and senior year of high school. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, I, 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 okay. So I'm looking up the original Night Stalker here, and I think I've seen episodes of it, but I definitely wasn't like a fan of it or watched it frequently. Those those anthology shows were just always so great. You never knew what was going to happen, and it's. I mean, yeah, you knew it wasn't going to really work out for the person, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was the only the, given. The only thing we knew was that it wasn't going to be good. <laughs> it's kind of like the uh, Star Trek character in a red red shirt. Yeah, you know something bad was going to happen, <laughs> yeah. but it's like reading um, the oh goodness, why can't I think of the name? You know, stories about like genies and stuff like that. You know, how are they? What's where's the lesson in this? Yeah. You know, yeah, and there's always a good lesson in them. Yeah, uh, Saint Teresa Avila chimes in with "Late at night is the perfect time for the Twilight Zone." Wow! And uh, so Charles on Facebook said uh, that Adrian looks like he is in a black and white 1960s TV <laughs> in black and white. And yep, that's, that's what I was going for. I was uh, trying to. Um, I even made it all grainy to make it look like it was old in the 60s. You know how. Back then, they had horrible cameras, and now we're way more sophisticated and better um, in a sophisticatedness, which is a technical term. Uh, Chris said, I once mentioned Superman, Lex Luthor, and the Joker in a philosophy paper on Nietzsche. Actually, I did something similar in my philosophy class with um, with on eth- in ethics course with uh, Father um, Pilsner. We had to – I did my – uh, paper on the philosophy of pre-punishment whether or not you can punish someone for a crime they have not yet committed mm. and as a analogy to the case i i used uh, lex luther as an example when he uh, created a device that let you see uh, predict with almost perfect certainty what someone would do in the future and uh, whether and then batman and superman were arguing over whether or not it was ethical to use it to imprison someone before they've committed the crime wow. which is kind of like minority report um uh, in a way but it's a little bit different but it was very fascinating and i use that to talk about that because um it's really really fascinating topic about the uh, idea of pre-punishing someone for crimes they will likely commit but have not yet committed very interesting yeah yeah, yeah amen i i'm gonna say no just, yeah i'm saying no, no. I, that was my that was my conclusion as well i say no you can't can't do it uh christopher chance i want to stay on omicron what is that oh is that like a star trek reference uh omicron the seventh by charles b2 i don't know charles said he's going to do morning prayer Praise god bless god. you oh, awesome. keep us in your prayers charles thanks for hanging out with us today uh, what about uh, road trips? Who's taken what? What's your coolest road trip you've ever been on? Uh, I so I said Montana was my favorite road trip of all time. That was just so epic for me and my family last September on a mission trip up to Montana and back. Uh, what road trips have you guys been on? Uh, I'd love to know. Comment. Let us know. What about uh, Emily, Adrian? You guys, Emily. Now you've you're pretty new at the driving thing. Re- yeah, somewhat. Yeah. So you probably haven't been on any major road trips. No, not since I was little. When I was a kid, we did a road trip to Mexico with my family, oh, which you cool. can't do anymore. It's just not possible uh, unless you want to get kidnapped. Where did you cross? We, I don't know. I was eight years old. I'm not sure. Okay. But it was a lot of fun. Of course, that's the time we went to Michoacan, which is where Jesus is from. Nice. Uh, we took a boat to Hanitzio, though, because that's an island. Oh, wow. That's super cool. That must have been a, a remember, rememberable trip, even though you were only eight. Oh, yeah. I still remember it really vividly. It was awesome. Leticia said, please pray for my son, Jacob Ramirez. He will be ordained <gasps> to the transitional diaconate this Saturday. Amen. Pray for God more vocation bless. to the priesthood. We are praying. Congratulations. We will be praying for him. And my uh, my friend Luis, he's also being uh, ordained to the diaconate this Saturday. And uh, I'm super excited. So I'll be going there this Saturday. Is that, is that the same same ordination at the Co-Cathedral of Sacred Heart in Houston? In Houston? Wow, we got a hater on there. Look at that. That's kind of crazy. We'll have to be deleting you. Oh, That's yikes. okay. 
You know, uh, I take you know Montana is epic, but I forgot. Uh, I have, I have uh, epically road tripped from Germany across Switzerland and into Italy, and that honestly, when you're crossing the Alps in a 1972 Dodge van that may kill you at any moment, that is memorable as well. I've forgotten about that, but um, the Holy Ghost just reminded me about that. So that was a pretty cool, epic trip. Pretty well, I'm epic. Kind of torn between my best road trip. Um, Either is the one where my wife and I moved out to California um, right after I got out of, got, got to my first uh, duty station and on Camp Pendleton. Uh, we went to Grand Canyon, Carlsbad Caverns, you know, stuff like that, camping. And yeah, that's fun. That was a lot of fun. But if I did Carlsbad. talk about outcomes, my best road trip would be from here to San Antonio and back where... I stopped at the shrine to Our Lady in Hallettsville. Ooh. And that shrine was... Our Lady, Our Lady there actually converted me. That's where amazing. I was converted. Really? Yes. That's a pretty amazing story. Praise so, be to God. if you want to talk about outcome... Yeah. Well, I, yeah, yes. Like, what's the... What is the, uh, the standard by which one considers epic? I, I mean, I can't answer that for you. Uh, you know, I would say that that's pretty epic, you know, to have such a, sp- a spiritual experience. Um... I am a sucker for a mountain, though. A mountain, a valley, a canyon, ocean, rivers, vistas, high plains, God's creation. It's I just, amazing. I could, a star field, I could just sit and look at the stars we all night long. We used to go just out and drive literally all day through the California mountains when I was, when I was stationed out there. We'd drive along uh, highway, highway 101, we'd just drive out into the desert, like... We would spend the entire weekend gone sometimes just driving around. It's fantastic. Yeah. Also, gas wasn't nearly as expensive then. But when I was, uh, uh, I, I joined the Marine Corps at 17, and the summer uh, before I went off to boot camp, I went up to visit my father in upstate New York, and I bought a car up there, uh, a Dodge Raider. It was, a, uh, it was an 89, I think it was 89, 88 maybe, Dodge Raider. And I drove it across the country by myself. Ooh. So from upstate New York down to San Antonio, Texas, and I, I was getting ready to leave for boot camp. And, and this was before internet, so we had, like, the giant map, you know? Yeah. So I had the giant map, and I'm trying to, like, navigate the country on this map by myself. And I only almost died twice. I mean, that's... It wasn't bad for a 17-year-old kid. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, the, that's a heck of a journey. So. Not bad, yeah. yeah. Once was on a bridge, and somebody... For whatever reason, felt the need to cut me off, and and I slammed on the brakes. And all I could hear in my mind was the voice of the guy who sold me the car that said, Now, kid, don't be dumb. This vehicle will flip over if you're not smart. And so all I could hear is this thing is going to flip over. And by the grace of God, all I did was like, you know, 360s. The car spun a few times on the road and then came to a complete stop. The second time I was, uh, my aunt gave me a cassette, a, a set of uh, New Testament narrated cassette tapes uh, on my stop in Indiana on the way back. Were you the type of person who didn't rewind cassette tapes when you were done with them? I listened <laughs> to both sides so that it would automatically be rewound. And, uh, and so I was trying to change a tape out and I didn't pay attention. I was looking down at the tape deck and I happened to look up and I noticed I drifted into the, uh, the emergency lane and then in front of me was a parked semi truck. By Gloria. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I, I swerved. You see, distracted driving existed before cell phones. 
to yeah. any anyone who has parents who's like, you're always on your phone. Now, they were probably changing cassette tapes and eight tracks in their cars when they were weird younger or making a sandwich or putting on makeup or something <laughs> like that or reading a book <laughs> wait reading a book while driving <laughs> i used to have a boss who I saw a cartoon who played guitar while driving that's what i was thinking of what? Uh, jeff burrier and fam says road trips summer 2020 we went to 13 texas state parks oh, wow cool. they were open during that covid awesome. that's a super cool road trip 13 texas state parks it's hard to get into too i'm having a hard time getting into those parks also a road trip to Cloudcroft, New Mexico. That sounds fun. On my way back, we went to El Paso and walked over the bridge to Mexico. That's super cool. Josh said the painted churches stand as a reminder yep. of what our Shakatic ancestors were able to do before the scourge of red tape and building codes and such. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's super, super annoying how we, people were able to build these beautiful painted churches for like nothing. They use their money, they scrounge together their own talent and skills, and now we spend ten times more money on churches that are like that are deliberately ugly, which blows my mind. Uh, uh, but yes, so I've sad. been on the painted short churches tour a few few times. Yeah, the painted churches are beautiful, uh, yes. really amazing. Uh, New Me- Bruce Toman says New Mexico from Alabama to go backpacking in the uh, the Picos Wilderness for five days, then headed south. To go rafting on the Rio Grande. That's an epic trip. Wow. Wow. In the middle of a drought. Brightest night sky I've ever seen. You know, how many... Ha, raise your hand if you've seen the Milky Way galaxy ever in your life. Nope. Anyone? Anyone? Uh, I, I wouldn't know. I don't think I would know. You'd know. Oh, you would know. It's so amazing. Your heart will melt seeing it for the first time. It's like seeing uh, the Aurora Borealis. When you see it, you're just like, whoa, that's that's so incredible. I'm really trying to get the money saved up and find some time available so I can take my wife and kids to Guadalupe State Park uh, in and West Texas. Apparently, it's the best place for uh, like stargazing and actually let them see a night sky without light pollution because it's... It's a, it's a crying shame. I really, you know, they they have apps now that just make it so easy. Like, you, there's an app for the galaxies. You can just hold it up to the sky, and it'll tell you exactly what galaxy you're looking at. You know, in case it's cloudy or there's pollution or something. I was gonna say that's fantastic, but I mean, light pollution is the bigger issue. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a, a lot of people who are trying to put a coordinated attack on our YouTube channel right now by posting really cra- oh, crazy things into the uh, into the chat there. It's probably all those people upset that we called them out for uh, giving praise and worship to demons. Yeah, it might Oof. be. But either way, Christ is king. He is God, the second person of blessed trinity. And uh, no creature like Satan could ever could ever be a, a not even a close second. So... Uh, Christ is king. Not even a second to Mary. Exactly. Not even a second to John the Baptist. (laughs) Good try, guys. Not even a second to... We can get on the whole list, couldn't we? (laughs) Yeah. Let's start with the litany of saints first, I guess. Do we got time for that, Adrian? You know, the crazy thing is, every time they comment, it's like, you actually help with the algorithm to show us to more people. Thanks, guys. So, thanks for helping us. Helping God, even when they doesn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. People gonna hate. Haters gonna hate, as they say. Shake it uh, off. Shake it off. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of that too, Josh. Um, what else is going on? We're almost out of time. Tomorrow's going to be an interesting show. We're going to have Deacon Nick Donnelly on. 
and uh, somebody we've been trying to get for a while, praise God, so he's going to join us. And then uh, I decided to reach out to, there's a, a group of cowboys that I've been watching now for over a year, uh, cattle ranchers, and uh, salt-of-the-earth type people. And they've been putting out these videos about the cattle markets for now, um, for a long time. And I, I, I find myself very fascinated by what they've been saying and sharing because they're, like, there seems to be a manipulation of the cattle market going on. It has been going on for at least the last year that has been uh, making life for hardworking uh, cattle ranchers in America to earn a living. The injection of foreign beef into our markets, the fact that the, uh, the, the processors have been all boiled down to like four or maybe five, and a lot of that is foreign-owned. And they have coordinated efforts to, uh, to manipulate the market to increase their profits, increase demand in their profits. And it's really put a massive burden upon the cattle ranchers. And that will affect your dinner plate. And so, and it, it affected my family in the sense that because of their advice, we made some decisions to do some things differently. And this year, and so I wanted to share some of that with you, and we're going to be doing that tomorrow. There's a, a gentleman by the name of Jim Mundoff, and he's going to be our guest in the morning tomorrow. Plus, Deacon Nick Donnelly, he's got a book out called A Catholic Survival Guide for Times of Emergency. So it's going to be a jam-packed show tomorrow, uh, a little bit of uh, salty and uh, sweet all at the same time, praise be to God, and we're very excited about that. So lots of conversation coming up in the rest of this week. We're very grateful for you being a part of our show. Please keep us in your prayers. We are certainly grateful for you and all that you're doing to hang out and share our content and, and all of that. God love you, and God bless you. Hopefully you'll have a great day. And uh, yeah, there's still a lot of comments coming through here. At any rate, praise be to God. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Have a great day. God bless you. Thank you, Genevieve, again for playing. You did so great and so wonderful, and maybe you'll win. Who knows? We'll see. God bless you. We'll see you back here 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Thank you for joining us.